In this episode, I chat to Derby-based diversification business owner, Oliver Brown of Bluebell Dairy. I've seen this business grow so rapidly over the last few years, from a small dairy herd to an exciting interactive farm park, fun for all the family. Listen on to hear how a family man, Ollie Brown, has developed the business and what his favourite flavour ice cream is too. Let's go. Hello, welcome to the Countryside Kitchen Meets, a food and farming podcast. I'm Millie Fife, your host. I'm a mum of two, farmer's wife, food producer and passionate about flying the flag for British food and farming. Today we'll be chatting to dairy farmer and ice cream producer Oliver Brown of Bluebell Dairy. Then I've got a few time-saving hacks when it comes to mealtime preparation, meaning you can juggle family life with the children and cook a tasty, nutritious meal too. Okay, let's introduce you to my guest. The Brown family have been milking their herd of Holstein Frisian cows at Brunswick Farm Loco Park, Derby, since 1953. In 2007, and as a result of falling milk prices, the family looked at ways that the farm could be preserved for future generations, ensuring also that the cows could continue to produce their wonderful creamy milk. The question was, what should the Browns do? The answer came in a light bulb moment one tea time around the farmhouse kitchen table when the family were tasting one of the many poor quality mass produced ice creams available at the time. As they loved ice cream so much, why shouldn't the family make and sell their own? Ding! (laughs) (laughs) The new enterprise was started in December 2008 after an RDPE grant had helped to convert the half redundant barn in the farmyard into a tiny production area situated in the shed where Grandpa Brown had once hand-milked his very first Bluebell, the cow. Now, I met Ollie whilst participating in the 2015-2016 programme of the Tesco Future Farmers Foundation, a programme that really helped to open up doors and go behind the scenes amongst food processing in the UK, as well as challenging our business leadership skills and setting us up for the future. We also had quite a bit of fun. And we've kept in touch on WhatsApp and social media ever since. So without further ado, let's talk to dairy farmer and ice cream producer, Ollie Brown. Hello. Hi, good to see you again, Millie. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, really pleased to be on the podcast today. Ace, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I hope that introduction sort of sets the scene for our listeners this morning. Um, And, um, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about how Bluebell Dairy began? What's the backstory? So, yeah, you're touching it right. So we, we opened back up in 2008. Essentially, I was coming back from um, university. So I've been away to university for three years. And then my mum, she was back to life and all that. And she was also looking to return home. So we were just looking at something that could bring us both back to the farm and we could both um, get stuck into it and enjoy, really. And yes, we hit, we branded a lot of different ideas around, really. There were all sorts of flying around from equestrian to, you know, free range eggs, that kind of thing. Um, but in the end, ice cream sounds like an exciting idea because you've got to love what you do at the end of the day, haven't you? Definitely. Um, and yeah, away we went, really. Um, so we opened the doors in 2008, just in a, in a really small way. We had, at that time, a 24-seater cafe. Uh, the ice cream production area was like a shoebox. Mm-hmm. It was tiny. And we did have a small farm shop at that point as well. And it's just continued to grow and grow ever since then, really. Um, there's been various ups and downs over the years as I'm sure 
any business, any family business especially can appreciate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's continued to develop. Um, for example, the farm shop bit, we always thought that'd be a major element to it, but we weren't doing it in a big enough way that made it made it work. So you drop that. Yeah. yeah, people were coming to us and having a good time. So we just started with a few a few animals out front. We had a very basic play area, which was actually a demonstration play area. Uh yeah. the TP toys, if you remember them. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we used to do have a demonstration play area for them. So we're selling the kit as well. Um, and kids were coming in and having a, having a good time on it. Um, we had, I don't know, a couple of sheep and a couple of chickens, a few bits like that. But that bit suddenly became really important. And that's what they were mm. coming for as much as anything. And that grew and grew and grew and grew uh, until we thought, well, why aren't we charging this? <laughs> there was so much there that it was kind of like a massive cost as well. So in two, 2017, we put on a um, small fee, £3 a person, to come into the farm. Caused a massive uproar at the time. It was a yeah. bit bit unpopular going from free to suddenly being chargeable uh even though we've got a big quite a big investment into it at the time as well yeah but yeah then the farm park's taken off since then as well so where we are today we welcome about ninety thousand visitors a year mm-hmm. um to the farm we have seasonal events throughout the year coming up we've got a christmas event which i'm sure we'll talk more about later uh yeah we've got everything from halloween um summer we do a massive summer festival type thing yeah um and we, yeah, we so about 80,000 visitors. And then the ice cream side, we now, I forget exactly how many litres of milk, we, how many litres of ice cream we use. Still not, it's not um, an enormous amount of milk. We yeah. need an enormous amount of milk for ice cream. But we do supply uh, places across these Midlands now, kind of quite regional, really. Uh, yeah. So gone from just a local restaurant to supplying National Trust properties, Chatsworth, other uh, farm parks. Yeah. all sorts all over the place really yeah. so yeah it's 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 been a beast it's it keeps developing yeah but good on you because it sounds like a real journey that you've been on and and your location is quite key as well because you're kind of on the outskirts of derby aren't you so you've got a good footfall yeah yeah we've got a great great location we're between derby and nottingham so from the top of the hill here you can see derby you can see right across to the other side mm. uh and then we're only about 20 25 minutes from nottingham as well so I think we worked out that in the an hour's drive time, there's about 7 million people, yeah. um, which is kind of our target audience. And what yeah, you're waiting yeah. for is a certain percentage of that, that audience. And you've got you know a lot of people we can be targeting at, really. Do you think that people who come to the farm park, do they come because they need a day out for the family or do they want to know a little bit more about where their food comes from? It's, it's definitely a combination of both. So I think people coming to a farm want to learn a bit about it. And when you go, go on any day out, it's, it's it's interesting to have something for all ages, isn't it? And um, mm. information there for everyone that's involved. Uh, and a lot of the children that are coming to us are coming from the centre of Derby, centre of Nottingham, and a lot just simply don't know where milk comes from. Uh, I mean, we do a lot of school visits as well, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of, a lot of times when we ask where does milk come from, the response you get from the supermarket. Um, they, they don't really understand that connection. Uh, I think it is very important that we all play our part trying to trying mm. to make that connection and make people understand that where the food comes from, where the milk comes from, where the meat comes from. Mm. So we are we are quite open about that on the farm. Um, we do a um, cow safari where we talk, where, where it was basically about ten minutes of um, of the, the driver talking about what happens on the farm and what goes off, and we'll take them around some of our milking cows and some of our meat cows usually as well and explain what happens to these, what age they go off um, and, and what 
So yes, I think it's I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah. And do you have fun side too? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, do you have any opposition to you know, because obviously there's been um you know a rise in different dietary requirements and campaigns and things like that. I mean, obviously we're talking about um producing food to feed people, but obviously some people uh are sort of anti that. Do you have any of that or is that something you kind of sort of try and avoid? It's not something we've come up Massively against. Mm. We've had the the odd issue um, with vegan protesters and things like that, but mm. nothing nothing terrible. I mean, we we try and cater for everybody here. Yeah. Um, so we didn't offer a vegan ice cream for a long time, mainly because we couldn't get the recipe right. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a difficult thing. You take the milk and the cream out of there, and the consistency. It's not, yeah. Yeah, it's just not left with the same um, quality that you get when it's there. So it's taken us about three years to develop a good good vegan ice cream which we do mm-hmm. have now um and i do think that but I, I, i'm pleased to offer that i don't want to leave anyone out i want to make sure mm. that when people come here mm. that everyone is catered for yeah um, so i think that is an important fact um and again going back to your original question yes I, we are aware of that we are aware of that being an issue but i don't think you can shirk away from, from what we're doing here yeah and i think it's important that we show best practice so yeah. show show how it should be done and show because you hear all the horror stories, don't you? And that's what's often being pushed mm. by different people out there, especially on things like TikTok and all that. You see yeah. bits of cows being mistreated. We, we, we're not that. We're, we're trying to um, show how cows can be treated in the, in the best possible way. Yeah. And put that across. Yeah. And so it's also worth pointing out, we don't have a massive milking herd anymore. No. We used to have 120 cows, which years ago was quite big. Nowadays, it's quite small. Mm. <laughs> but we only mm. now milk at 15 cows. Yeah. So we've dropped, dropped right right back down we're, yeah yeah so, it's a very artisan really yeah yeah we're, we're trying to make position ourselves as a bit of a micro dairy yeah the, that's the term we want to use yeah um, and we are just putting up some sheds to basically show the customers more of that that trip so we're, we're putting in a, a robot milker um, yeah Basically, also to recycle the time of father too. Because <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's been called Jeff Mark too to replace him. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the idea is we'll be able to get customers in to see the cows being milked. Yeah, and they can then see that whole kind of journey and how it, how it pulls together. So the ice creams, the milks made on the farm, and the ice cream produced on the farm. Basically, ties it all in. Yeah, and and watching an automatic milker, a robot, is so fascinating. And <laughs> I mean, the cow, the cows get a bit cheeky because they they get wise to it because they know they get fed, don't they, when they go in. So then, but it's right. a very very clever bit of kit. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Because I find it fascinating. Yeah, they are they're mesmerizing to watch. I find. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my uncles have got them because um, they they both farm over at um, Staffordshire, where I was from, um, and. One's just put them in, one's had them in for a couple of years, ladies, and they are, they are good. They are interesting bits of kit, which I think the public would be intrigued to see as well. Because um, mm. you don't really see a lot of them about, not that they're not, not that accessible to people. But yeah, what they can do is amazing. So you, the data you get off them, um, as you say, the cow brings itself into the bed and then gets milked at that time. So cows can end up coming in five or six times in a day. It won't milk them five or six times in a day because that would be over-milking. <laughs> but it'll milk, milk them perhaps three, maybe four maximum. But yeah, it can then give you information about the milk flow so you can get information on somatic cell count, whether the cow's getting mastitis or not. You can get all sorts of information, basically to stop anything 
going wrong or the cow getting ill before it really develops. You can mm. kind of nip it in the bud. So yeah. yeah, we're quite excited about pointing It's It's the moment it's sat in the thing and it's not in yet. We're just trying to get it all together. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. No, well, it is, it is just a joy to watch. And I mean, you know, each cow either has like a pedometer or a collar, don't they? And they have like a, right. so, so the machine recognises that animal and you can input so much information or learn so much like you say from each animal that then you can uh adjust things accordingly and so and the machine knows if it's been milked too many times so that it basically opens the gate and goes off you go uh, That's <laughs> and, right. and, and and then there's the other ones where they don't you know they they kind of been a bit lazy had a lazy day and then you think oh that one hasn't been milked and so it will tell you and then you can go and sort of usher it in and say come on girl you know go fetch it yeah no i mean we are we're going to be a little bit different to most places in that we're only milking 15 cows yeah so, um, we're not going to be doing it very intensively and i think mm. we'll probably turn the thing off at night so we don't get texted all through the night saying it's gone mm. wrong yeah, um, yeah yeah but i think it would be a big difference for us um, yeah I think it'll make a, a big change. And as I say, at the moment, our, our cows are milked for an old parlour. Yeah. It's a herringbone parlour where they can't, you can't see that happening. No. Um, and we want that to be on show. We want that to be part of the visit. Yeah. Of yeah entertainment as well yeah yeah absolutely well it's a hell of an investment as well because these pieces of kit aren't particularly cheap and mm -hmm. you know but but to be able to do that and be able to open your doors and showcase what exactly you know how a cow is milked i mean it, it's fascinating and so you know for anyone who hasn't seen it you ought to get down there get down to blue dairy and just come and go and go and have a look and then taste some ice cream because i'm <laughs> sure it, i haven't been down yet myself well mm. i went in the early days i came to blue Bell Dairy. Um, I think it was an NFU meeting I came to. I think the Derby branch had a meeting. Um, and I think we all treated to some ice cream as well. But I need to I need to bring the kids along because you're only an hour away from me. So um we'll definitely be over to see you soon because yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just something that adults and kids alike can can really enjoy. Um, you know, come and having some of your ice cream, letting the kids burn off a bit of steam, but also learn about how food is produced and how cows are milked and then how you then turn that into the milk that they drink and the ice cream that they eat so that's oh, wonderful it's absolutely yeah fantastic. come and see us millie as you say you're not that far away um, no it'd be ideal for your, your kids yeah um, that, that kind of age that's where we that's kind of our prime yeah. age i think <laughs> yeah yeah trouble is with my kids being uh, farm kids they're quite feral so uh <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they used to being on a farm all the time, so they're quite confident and they just run around wherever. So it can be a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but but anyway, they're quite confident and bold. And yeah, I wouldn't have many other ways. So it is the best life. So much freedom. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. So so tell me what what is your uh favorite flavour of ice cream that you produce? My favorite flavour, despite we do so many different ones, is still chocolate. We make it uh, with just a really top quality, high fat percentage cocoa. And then we put in a, a top quality uh, Belgian chocolate to it as well, melt it in. And when you when it cooks, it smells like a big hot chocolate. Really. <laughs> it just smells fantastic. You end up getting covered in the stuff because you've got clouds of cocoa going everywhere. Mm. You're trying to melt in chocolate as well. And you just get covered head to toe in chocolate pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a bit like Willy Wonka, really. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, it when it comes out, it's just fantastic. It does, it, it's, I, I still think, I might be wrong, but I still think it's one of the best chocolate ice creams out there. I really do. Yeah. 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 And have you won any awards for your ice cream? Have you gone for any awards at all? 
Yeah, we do. When I can remember, we enter the Great Taste Awards. I just keep forgetting to do it. But yeah. <laughs> keep missing the deadlines. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've done quite a few Great Taste Awards for it over the years. Uh, we even got the Golden Forks, which is like the very top of the Great Taste Awards. Yeah. Um, a couple of years back with our Amaretto and Black Cherry ice cream. Nice. So that won the regional Golden Fork Award, um, which is quite prestigious, really, when there's something like 14,000 products entering your right up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were, we were pleased with that. And we've won various three-star, two-star, one-star Great Taste Awards over the years. Yeah. Um, there's also something called the Ice Cream Alliance, and we've, we've won awards in that as well for uh, vanilla, mint, uh, toffee, I think, as well. Various different ones. So, yeah. Fantastic. And that's presumably against all other ice cream juices from around the country. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, all over the place. Um, yeah. So in Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so you said you do quite a lot of different varieties. Do you do anything unusual or different or do you jump on trends and things when it comes to flavours? Yeah, we try and see what the latest trends are. So in fact, I've only just come back yesterday and the day before, my wife and I went to a trip to London. Really hard work, terrible work. <laughs> Going all, all over the place trying ice cream. Came back sick as dogs, I think. We were, pretty, <laughs> we're eating that much of the stuff. Um, but someone's got to do it, you know. It's yeah. hard work. Hard work, yeah. So, yeah, so, so we tr- try and keep up to date with the latest trends and see what's happening and see if there's any different flavours out there. Do we do anything vastly different at the moment? We, it varies. So we've had, um, I don't, we've not currently got it in, but licorice has been very popular in the past. Mm, okay. um, probably the most out there we've done, we did a stilton and apricot. Which actually worked quite well. Yeah. It, so I can see pulling the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, An acquired a, taste sounds like. Yeah, yeah it, it's one of those. It just works somehow. It's not one we sold masses of. You never yeah. do, but they're, they're points of interest. These yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. Well, that's what makes you stand out, isn't it? You know. Yeah. It, Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the sort of thing you could uh, send it to the local paper and say, yeah, come and try this, or, you know, just something a bit different. And with Stilton being something that is, you know, renowned throughout the East Midlands. Yeah, yeah. why not? Why not? Darbyshire. It's definitely Derbyshire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely Derbyshire. If you, anyone says anything else. <laughs> oh, right. oh, okay. <laughs> And so, so you know, is, is there something, is there a, a new trend happening or, you know, from your trip to London, was there anything that you kind of gleaned or anything unusual or out there? So, I mean, probably the nicest one I tried whilst I was in London was a mascarpone and big one, which is really, really delicious, mm, actually. Sounds very grown um, up, that one. <laughs> it's one of those that just worked well. Yeah. Um, and simple seems to be the kind of key yeah. thing at the moment, I think. Yeah. People aren't looking for anything too complicated. Yeah. So it was, it was a variety of like different percentage chocolate ice creams and sorbets. Yeah. Um, and it was just doing simple really well. Um, yeah. Which is kind of where we've always come from too. So like a vanilla, we spent a long time trying to get that right. Yeah. We tried about 50 different vanillas and vanilla pods, vanilla paste, vanilla, uh, you know, vanilla extracts, we mm. all sorts until we hit on just the right one. Um mm. And I think it is important we've got those those sort of basic ones, yeah. which are always going to be very popular. Yeah, but that's a good quality. You know? Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, most people have got a punnet of vanilla ice cream in their freezer, haven't they? So it's all yeah. like, um, it, it's kind of what's expected. Um, you know, your vanilla, your chocolate, your strawberry, those sort of classic flavours, and then uh, something a little bit different to challenge the taste buds. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So, do you do all of the taste testing though, or do you get like a do blind testing or anything? Or we we usually get a group of the team together, so whoever's in will get together and. Yeah, just go through. I mean, it's not blind testing and stuff, but we all we usually score it in some way, put it across. It's one of the again the terrible parts of the job, but no, one yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we, we have a, we have a good time doing it. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's good for sort of team morale, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I think everyone would want to work for you. <laughs> if that's part of the job description, tasting ice cream, I couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> the, the office girls love it because it always yeah. gets brought up here, and um, you know, yeah. Richard coming up with bits and bobs and saying, "Try this and see what you're thinking." Yeah, um, yeah. Especially, especially um, kind of winter time this time of year because that's yeah. when we're developing and ready for the spring. So yeah. um, we're just sort of finalising our flavour for the next year. Brilliant. Getting all those in place. And, Brilliant. Yeah. And so, Ollie, tell me, um, what motivates you? Um, what's important to you when it comes to your business development? I think what motivates me is family. Um, mm. that, that's, that's to me, what it's about. You know, I've got two young kids myself, uh, one, eight, and five. I'm very keen to provide a good future for them and a good Mm. Um, we don't bring in for them and I like to see it grow and it's good to see you know I, I like to see over the years how it's developed and how it's changed mm. um, and we, we are about basically providing good top quality family moments whether that be visiting the farm or eating the ice cream uh, mm. something around the table and having a screen of our ice cream we want to mm. provide those quality moments for family that's what, that's what we're about what yeah, we yeah yeah no absolutely and you know You've obviously diversified to sort of meet demands and also to go to, to ensure that you've got a viable business. So what what does the future look like for you? Have you got sort of uh, more plans to develop? Yes, we want to continue growing the business. Um, yeah. So we've got quite a good um, base level now here. But it's been about over the last five years since we put on the charge, the entrance to the farm uh, became a proper farm park. We've, Spent a lot, a lot of money trying to improve the infrastructure, yeah. improve the basics. So now we want to construct fun stuff, more play areas, yeah. um, basically more more to bring people in. You know, we were just putting a big play area back in the last year, um, which is a cow to cone play area. So it's again themed around cows. So it's yeah. got, got a trim trail, which is um, basically like crops growing. So that's the maize. Mm. And then you go to Tractor, although he's a term loosely, that's not tractor. But never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> tractor harvesting the crops, and then you've got the towers, which are like the milking power. Mm. And you go down into the um, sand pit, which is then meant to be like the um, ice cream parlor, and you've got a little role play ice cream parlor at the end there as well. So, um, yeah, we can continue to develop. We, as I say, our next big step is getting this um, robot up and running. Mm. So, we've got people coming in to see the cows being milked, and then uh, continue to develop the events. You know, the events are something that's, that's grown a lot over the years. Uh, we started off having a tiny little Christmas event originally, uh, which probably still five or six hundred people in a, in a Christmas. And now we've probably got one of the biggest Christmas events in Derbyshire, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, we we'll see about 9,000 people a year, something like that. Yeah. All coming, all coming to see our Father Christmas. And it's a, an hour and a half long experience. Oh, where- fantastic. Yeah, where it's all led. So um, we have professional actors come in and we have different stages. So they go through these different areas. So whether it be this is different activities they do, 
Um, for example, the first part is like a Christmas tree alley that we get welcomed by our elf. And they get, then they go through on to um, Christmas tours. It's sort of sorting out the toys in Santa Santa's workshop. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a sleigh ride with penguins where they're all sat on these like vintage sleighs and the penguins are teaching them how to ride a sleigh. Oh. And then through to see Santa where everyone sits in sleighs and they get to see Santa in his sleigh. Yeah. Um, so it, it goes really well. It's really grown. And that, oh, that, it sounds magical. It sounds it, fantastic. That, that's what we're aiming for. That's mm. what we really want it to be. Um, yeah. And that's that's where it's grown to. It's, it's I and mean, that has been fantastic. The way that's grown, it's developed. It's great to see. Yeah, um, yeah, no, and, absolutely. My wife Ella is also involved in the business, the family business. Yeah, and she's the one that's really taken those events and run with them. It's, it's yeah. her imagination that's sort of brought all this to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic! Oh no, we would have to bring kids down um for Christmas, especially because you know anything like that. It just it just sort of really helps to you know keep the magic going, doesn't it? Whatever their age and um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. So you do Halloween, you do a Christmas event, and then you do a summer festival um over the school holidays is that yes basically most school holidays we've got something something happening yeah. so um easter we do a big big easter event obviously uh where we'll have a, a, a big uh, easter egg hunt and then we do a show as well then summer we, we had uh, last summer we had a, a big phone party which was a new thing for us mm-hmm. and that was great for my kids on that as well yeah yeah <laughs> kids getting lost, lost in the phone left right and center and, <laughs> Adults find do it too, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say <laughs> after, after hours. <laughs> I remember hearts back to my young farmers' days. I remember phone parties and things like that. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm sure the kids kids absolutely love it, but the parents are like, "Oh, what do I do with wet children? <laughs> Make sure you bring a spare pair of clothes." <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we do it at the end of the day, so then the next stage is home. Yeah, and after that, so it's not too bad. But uh, yeah, the staff enjoy it as well. Through that staff party with that and that's great fun brilliant yeah. oh it sounds like everyone should be coming to work for you ollie because you've, you've had <laughs> you've been you've been recruiting recently you were looking for someone to basically manage um sort of help support you with that is that all now in place have you got somebody uh yes we've got uh, a lady called caris who started uh, back in the summer yeah. uh and she's taking like like a duck to water really hopefully because it's it's quite it's quite a fairy job. It's, mm, <laughs> it's yeah. not really. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's a lot they've got to do. They've got to deal with customers and be able to deal with animals. Yeah. Um, so it's it's quite a varied skill set. But I think yeah. Karen seems to be really really enjoying Brilliant. it. Brilliant. And so pre- presumably, then you're part of the Farm Parks Network. There's a sort of organisation, isn't there, that kind of looks after um, businesses and and um, locations such as yourself. Yeah, National Farmers Attraction, uh, National yeah. Farm Attraction Network. <laughs> yeah, my wife's actually on the committee for it now. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, it's great. It's a great organisation because um, you can get to see how the businesses operate. Yeah, uh, and this is where a lot of our ideas for the events and things come from, and we can see how they put it into practice. Yeah, and then bring it back to your own business and, and put it into place as well. Yeah, um, a, how open people are in that in that organisation is fantastic. They're so happy to share ideas and figures. Yeah, on a couple of WhatsApp groups where they'll, you know, they'll all be talking about various issues. And also, it's quite comforting because if you've got like a quiet day, you put out how they're anyone else's figures today, and they'll all say the same thing. Yeah, so you see the trends across the country. It's quite, yeah. it's quite strange, really, in many ways, but it's also quite comforting. Yeah, well, I would imagine that's a pretty good support network because you probably got really, really big 
um to really really small um locations you've probably got cannon hall farm you've probably got cotswold farm park and yeah. uh, you know all of the big hitters but you've also got the really really small guys as well and kind of looking at what works well for them what was different even discussing what your gate price is or you know if you're going to do glamping or i don't know it's sort of really good isn't it <laughs> to sort of talk about those sorts of things no definitely i mean uh, those you mentioned cannon hall there on there we've been, had a few visits there they're, they're celebrities in their own rights now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. And family, <laughs> they, they, they've done very well for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Cotswold, I went to do a day. I went a day there because I know Kate Law quite well. Yeah. manager there. And they did a day with her, um, just learning how she runs the business and operates yeah. a few yeah. years back when they were first getting going. And that's been invaluable help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is, there's a massive range on there. So from small, from tiny to large. And we're, yeah. Sort of in the middle nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. To, looking oh, to grow up no, but it, it's good to be able to share that that kind of knowledge and experience and expertise, and yes. uh, you know, so because you you know, unless you're next door to one another, um, you're not going to actually be competing, are you? No, it's it's not a very you know, even the ones that are close. I mean, we've got national um, adventure farm who aren't are about half an hour, forty minutes away. We get on really well with Tom Robinson mm. and I, but Robinson from there. And sell them the ice cream too. So even those that are close, we, you know, mm. yes, you, you compete in a way, but people are looking for days out all around the place. They yeah. don't just go to one place again and again. Yeah. They move around. So I think it's best yeah. to work together wherever you can. Yeah. It's also it, something you don't see in farming, is it, too much? It's getting better at that. Yeah. But they're still not the best at collaborating, really, are they? No, 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 no. But I think, you know, I suppose you've got two different audiences in the sense that you've got your locals, but you've also got people that are on holiday as well. And it's kind yeah. of sort of getting that regular trade with your locals, but also looking at peak seasons and how you can kind of cater for the dips and troughs in the year. Yeah, I mean, we used to be open uh, not quite 365 days, but not far off it. We just closed close a week over Christmas. Um, mm. During COVID, that changed quite a lot for us. So we changed it to match the lockdown to start with, but found it worked quite well. So now mm. we open through term times, well, winter time, sort of four or five days a week. Yeah. And then through the summer, it's five days a week. And then during school holidays, it's seven days a week. Yeah. So it's a little bit more confusing, a little bit harder to grasp. But it does work, work really well. It means we've not got um, times when it's just a drain on the, on the finances uh, and you've got staff standing around just waiting for people to come in. Yeah. Uh, and it, it does work quite well. It's, it's finding that balance. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you don't want to be sort of almost pouring money down the drain or, you know, on really wet days or something. And people are, oh, don't want to go. But then you've probably yeah. got indoor space as well. And I think, again, it's sort of having that balance, isn't it, to work with the weather and, you know, try and get people, um, you know, hooked, whatever the weather. Yeah. So, for example, our Christmas event, again, that's all inside now. Mm. You know, we put up like a little village of marquees yeah. to, ha- to house all of that. Um, so that covers that. And then things like Halloween, again, we've got the same marquees there for that. Yeah. So quite nicely. But then through the summer, we are, we do have some, so the, the indoor cattle shed we're putting up, that will be a big indoor space we can use. Yeah. Um, but we don't have massive indoor space. We are predominantly uh, an outdoor venue uh, yeah. at those times of year. And we concentrate on that. We, yeah. we concentrate on our peak times and trying to make those better yeah. rather than the quiet times. Um, trying to work hard in the quiet times and not really getting far, you're, you're better concentrating on those busy times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Let's talk about food and cooking. I know we talked a lot about ice cream, um, but do you, Ollie, do you like to cook? And if you do, what do you enjoy preparing for your family? I'm not a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. If I had anything different, I'd have my wife come over there. 
So <laughs> I, I do do a bit. I, I do a bit here and there, but usually it's mac and cheese and that's about as far as I get. <laughs> yeah, but that's a crowd sausages. pleaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, you can't go wrong uh, with that. <laughs> no, abs- absolutely. No, no, you can't go wrong um, with mac and cheese or sausages. It could be a lot worse. I do enjoy eating. My, my wife is a great cook, which is why <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're yeah. probably together. Brilliant brownie uh, and, points there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she, she's, a, she's a great cook and can do really well, but she's, yeah. she's a wizard in the kitchen, but me not so much i have a recipe ready for you anyway just so oh fantastic yeah, and fantastic yeah well um yeah what well, what is your go-to recipe or your wife's go-to recipe that you can share and it's a bonus if you can weave in what you produce in with that recipe <laughs> well i actually went for um i went to my mum for this one because i figured we want what we produce so uh, my mum is our sales lady for ice cream yeah so i thought right okay what, what she came out with so she came out with Ice cream Oreo cheesecake using, <gasps> our, um, using our cookies and cream ice cream. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, do you want me to go through it? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you do the base yeah. first. So, what would you so use for the base? You basically make the base with um, crushed Oreos and melted yeah. butter. Yeah. Um, then you need a tub of our 500 ml uh, cookies and cream, bluebells cookies and cream. Yeah. Let that soften up a bit. Um, you need to whip your cream up. It's almost like a semi fred of creating, really. Yeah. Uh, because you're mixing it in with the, the ice cream, which makes essentially like a semi-frozen dessert. Yeah. And then you're also mixing the cream cheese to that as well. Yeah. Then uh, whack it in the freezer, freeze it all down. Yeah. And you've got a delicious Oreo cheesecake. I'm not going to be James Martin anytime soon. I know oh, no, 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 no. But we'll, we'll, put, we'll put the recipe in the show notes so that people can kind of find out a little bit more yes. and also the links to, you know, find out about Bluebell Dairy a little bit more. Um, But oh, it sounds amazing. Oh, oh, I can't yeah. pretend to have made it, but I can say I've eaten it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the proof of the pudding as an eating, isn't it? And that definitely sounds like a crowd pleaser to me. And something that is no fuss. It's basically, you know, whacking a few ingredients together, bunging it in the freezer and then <laughs> be like that's the sort of thing i could do I mean, yeah. that's the one thing i can do is make ice cream that's the one bit i'm good at i've always had a sweet tooth so. yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no well this is the thing i mean this podcast is all about sort of you know it's no fuss it's kind of i watch programs on the telly i read magazines and i sort of try and get my inspiration but actually a lot of the things that are on there are ingredients or processes that are just not accessible to those that are short on time we've got kids around their ankles and you know for me, it's about good family food, but knowing about who is there in their local area um, that they could call upon or just think about, um, you know, even just buying one or two ingredients from local producers. Um, you know, you know, when it, when it comes to shopping in a farm shop, you're not going to do your full shop in a farm shop. But if you can, you know, think about a few little ingredients, it all helps with the local economy, too. Yeah, I totally agree. It's what we try and always get our meat from a local butcher or something like that or. Occasionally, we do our own um, feed boxes and things like that as well. Mm. Uh, and it's it's so much better than the mass produced stuff you get in the, in the shops. It's, you know where it's come from, for one thing, which uh, mm. it, it makes you think it tastes better, even if it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, straight off the bat, and you've got that kind of provenance. Um, and then there's also the, the eco side, isn't it? So it's got, yeah, low food I, miles. Mm. Precisely, it's got to be better for it. I don't, I don't care what who's trying to work out what it's got to be better if you go and buy it from the farm shop. 
and they've made their own, you know, produced their own sausages or whatever else. Mm. That's got to be better than brand. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. And I mean, it, you know, it supports the local community, keeping people in jobs. And, uh, you know, yeah. it just, you know, it's almost sort of going back to our roots, really. But or, but in a, in a way, I suppose, because things have become so much more accessible and you can just go online and click this and click that and it arrives at your doorstep. It's sort of actually just going out and looking around at who's out there, what are they producing and, and, and enjoying it. Because it is, you know, for me, food isn't, yes, you have to eat food to to survive but actually if you can enjoy as a family um and know a little bit more about the backstory about how things are produced and that it supported local communities and you've got low food miles and good environmental credentials it all ticks the boxes for me so yeah, yeah my, my grandfather always chuckled he's gone now unfortunately but he always used to chuckle because he said it was like going full circle he's saying uh his earliest memories are, are when basically farms sold directly to customers and so yeah. it's going it's going back in that full circle again and back there so it was just quite tickled by what we're doing now oh hey to that hey to that absolutely so ollie how can people find out more about you um so there's our webpage www.bluebelldairy.co.uk or we are on um facebook just search for bluebell dairy you'll find us on there uh also on instagram as well so there's various various avenues brilliant to look at brilliant yeah so find yeah find ollie on there bluebell dairy on facebook and instagram and on the website and then presumably then you update that regularly with things that are going on on the farm events and things so people will know what's what what they can come along and see all the time yeah yeah, yeah. we've got to be constantly on that these days so yes yes we are yeah. always on social media yeah <laughs> Lots of no, no, no. Pictures too. Uh, that, that's <laughs> it well it is it is i mean that is your shop window now isn't it you know long gone in the days yeah. where you know you just put an ad in the newspaper or a, a leaflet or whatever although those methods are you know you want to be in the tourist informations and things like that but i think to reach out in a cost-effective way now using social media it, it can only be a positive yeah definitely 90 percent of our marketing's been lot more than that through social media these days mm. it's, it's it's all it's, it's all about that you know that's where people see us and that's where we spend most of our time yeah. especially for events and things it goes crazy yeah so we do a launch of christmas tickets and we sold about two thousand of those on the first on the first day we're doing them so um, yeah it, it's uh yeah a big part of the business yeah yeah no I can imagine oh it sounds fantastic well good for you I'm so I'm so pleased that we've kept in touch and that I'm you know just sort of watch your journey really and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it continue to grow and um, I will bring the kids to come very very soon so good. no thank you uh, likewise Millie it's good to see you doing well as well and oh. growing your presence too it's uh trying my bit doing my bit thank you no no well as i say this is a self-funded project and something that i've you know the put the podcast is 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 a is a labor of love and it's something i want to be able to shine a light on people around the country doing amazing things and uh you know if i can help make a difference and uh you know help people because again this is a global thing you know anyone anywhere in the world can listen to this on you know any podcast streaming platform so you know you don't you don't know what impact it has um so for me it's just sort of like well just keep at it and just see what happens you know that's what life's about really isn't it i think the more people out there pushing the message about british farming and you know and the benefits of it i think the better so i think you're doing a great job thank you thank you (laughs) okay right here are some time-saving hacks for you to try at home bacon and pea carbonara in 10 minutes 
Now, pasta is always a big hit in my house and you can whip it up in a tasty family meal in no time at all. It's something I'm like, oh, God, I don't know what to cook. Right, oh, pasta, easy. So you boil up some quick cook pasta. I normally use penne. Um, meanwhile, fry up some bacon lardons in some garlic infused oil. Now, I'm on this funky diet at the moment um, after having lots of problems with my health. So um, I can't actually tolerate garlic in its sort of hard form. But garlic infused oil is quite tasty. So you get the flavour, but you don't actually have the, the problems with digestion. I use the bacon lardon packets from Audi, which are around a pound. They are British, which is great. Once cooked in about five minutes, throw in some frozen peas and double cream, allow to cook through, drain the pasta and combine with um, the creamy bacon sauce, serve with a bit of cheese and garlic bread. It is delicious. And we are definitely in the clean plate club when I cook this. So simple, quick and easy. And you can mix it up too. I often um, just have a look what's in my fridge and think, ah. Um, and so sometimes like halloumi and chorizo with peppers is another firm favourite of ours too. In season right now, um, December time, coming up to Christmas, all those lovely root vegetables are in season. So you've got your carrots, your parsnips, your swedes. And meat-wise, you've got your game, you've got your pheasant. And with Christmas approaching, turkey is most definitely on the menu in most households. And you can't beat a one-pop stew or throw everything into a pan and cook together. All the juices combine and saves on all the faff too. Uh, why not try a one-pot turkey and ro- root vegetable stew using leftover roast turkey? Chop up some parsnips, brussels and carrots and chuck into a pot or slow cooker. Bit of leftover turkey, chop up into small pieces, add some chicken stock, season and some dried sage. You could even add some bacon lardons if you feel like going wild. Allow it to cook on a slow oven or in the slow cooker for about four to six hours and you can serve with mashed potato and gravy. You can thicken up the stew with some corn flour too if it's still slightly runny in consistency or why not cook up some spinach or kale to add to it too. A winter warmer right there and great way of using leftovers too. How does that sound, Ollie? That sounds good. I'll like <laughs> make a good a, a good Get balance. A good yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I tell you what, I'm I'm yeah, I'm a huge fan of just sort of raiding the fridge, chucking everything in a pot and just allowing it all to cook down and um <laughs> it feeds the five thousand and it mean also means that if you've got people coming in at different points so i normally eat with the kids andrew might come in a bit later so at least then there's always something i'm not having to cook two or three different meals as well so um yeah yeah big big <laughs> fan of the slow cooker right okay that's all we got time for today don't forget to tune into the next episode of the countryside kitchen meats on the first of each month you can subscribe on all major podcast streaming platforms and get in touch. Would you like to be on a future episode? Want to chat to me about what you do and share some recipes? Drop me a line at hello at millie5.com. You can also follow my food blog, No Fuss Meals for Busy Parents on Facebook, Instagram and at www.nofussmealsforbusyparents.com for top tips, time-saving hacks and recipe ideas. Ollie, thank you so much for joining me. It's been incredible. I hope you've had a good experience on your first ever podcast. <laughs> You've not scared me off. You've been all right. <laughs> no, thank Excellent. you very much for asking me. Privileged to be asked. Oh, uh, no. Well, I wish, you know, and, uh, you know, I wish you well. And I will, I, as I said, we will be there. We will come and see you soon. Um, but uh, uh, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Bye.